right, I, I haven't got time to mark this motherfucker. Here we go again. We can't hear anybody. Nobody can talk to anybody. You guessed it, Pressure Points, with your two favorite hosts. I'm D, and this is my compressed audio AJ. We're coming at you with Season 5, Episode 31, Murder Incorporated. We're talking about another organized crime unit, not about the usual syndicate, but yes, the usual World War II. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Points O Pressure. Well, turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass. I feel like you had a lot to say, and you fit it in perfectly. Honestly, that was like the most calm I've ever been during an intro. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never take a fucking ambient or something. Taking it easy, yeah. No, I just made a lot of art today, and so my brain's like everything's fine. Nice. Yeah. I had to work, and then I did a bunch of homework because I had a clinical yesterday. I'm calling into work tomorrow. You're a bitch. Fuck them. <laughs> I'm taking an extra day for myself. I have to, I fucking would, but I have to take, uh, I have to save up all my PTO from this semester to cover my clinicals next semester. Oh, that sucks. That's some bullshit. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm, I'll be there on Monday. I just won't be doing anything. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah. So, hey, happy 9-11, everybody. Yeah. Happy 9-11. Also, happy uh, three-year birthday. We're legal now. Two days ago. Uh, well, three days when you guys are listening to this. If you listen to it on yeah. Monday. September 9th or something, right around there, was our first episode. Eighth or ninth. Yeah. I think- Three years old. I'm going to say technically we usually record super late, so it was probably the eighth and the ninth. Yeah. <laughs> we just went over midnight. Yeah, right. Uh, three years old. We've made it this far. Three years of guffaws. Yeah. It's the weirdest love thing, Love and love lost. Because uh, right as soon as we hit that, like, three-year mark, I got so many messages from Matt Gates, <laughs> Yeah. The uh, congressman from Florida. I don't know why. It was so yeah, totally, strange. totally unrelated. Yeah, he was like, oh, three years old. You're finally able to get an Instagram account that's legal. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? He sent me a bunch of money and dick on pics, Venmo. Right? I don't know. I couldn't tell. It was really, really pixelated. <laughs> it was like really, really zoomed really in. Really zoomed in. Like really zoomed in. Looked like Nancy Pelosi's face. I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> sure what the fuck it was. <laughs> yeah. So welcome back. We're back. It's been another week. Hopefully, yeah. this one uploads no problem. Yeah. Holy shit. Sorry about the last couple of weeks. I'm gonna sue if it doesn't get fixed. Yeah, no, no. I'm not. Just ask for the hundred dollars back from <laughs> hosting service. Yeah, we are literally <laughs> using one of the cheapest that isn't free and inserts ads for you for somebody, and we don't benefit from them. So uh, this is not an anchor podcast. Hell yeah! Uh, how was your week? <clears throat> you know, it was pretty fun. Not really. It was the beginning of the term at work because I I both go to college and work for a college, a different college. <laughs> yeah. At so, least you don't go to the same college you work oh, for. Oh, yeah, that would be shit. But I, uh, you know, it's the beginning of the term, so there's a bunch of bitches who don't know how to read, apparently, wanting to get out of <laughs> well, classes that oh, they signed up for. I thought for. you were talking about, like, in, in my class. class. <laughs> no, that's me. Like, what? I don't know how to read. Yeah. No, and I got the fucking luck of the draw, apparently, where I had to do a clinical my first week of school. Ooh. It was a fun one. Uh, I was in a hospital. Ooh. Nice. Uh, in I was not in the ER, but 
but somebody I, one of my classmates was, and they got to tell us the story of a guy who got his dick bit off by a dog. And there was nice. so much, like, it was so damaged, and, like, it was but bit clean off. That bit clean off and just that they couldn't, chewed up. There I wasn't enough assume. material left over to do any kind of reconstruction. <laughs> so that dude's going to be pissing into a bag for the rest of his life. Oof. Colostomy? I'm guessing he deserved it. Not a colostomy. What no. Urostomy. Urostomy. Yeah. Super pubic urostomy. Not urostomy. 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 <laughs> but no, they, uh, yeah. Fuck. Chances are he deserved it. If you're going to get your dick that far into a dog's mouth, I'm guessing you also, were trying to put it there. Yeah, that, I agree. That's... Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I had a patient almost die on me. <laughs> but nice. But he, he made it. Uh, didn't get COVID again because I also had a COVID patient. Oh, I see. Good. But yeah, it, it was a blast. I'm still tired from it I'm today. Sure I do. I'm like, oh my god. Especially with the week of work that you yeah. guys had too. And the, I had to watch this fucking scary movie with this insufferable couple who live in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. And then we played video games yeah. after that until like yeah. one. For like an hour, yeah, it was good. It was actually really good. We did well enough. Yeah. It's it's been a good good week. All things considered, it's been a pretty good week. Oh, and for those of you that were worried, no, I am not getting fired from my job. Um, all, all is well. We I worked shit out with with my boss and everything. Oh yeah, fine, yeah, 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 yeah. It honestly, it was just a big misunderstanding. I I thought that she was being crazy, but. It was me. There was. I was like, these pieces of shit. Yeah, all's well. So, so oh yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, not yeah. on the podcast, but things doing better. Or are you still getting micromanaged to hell? No, not at all. It was. It was like they told me to do this one thing, and I was like, oh, these assholes are trying to micromanage me. And then like the next day, I had a meeting with her, which was like my monthly thing, and she was like, you were doing so great. And I was like, hey, I'm just gonna bring up like how I felt during this thing. And I was like, I was kind of spooked, and she was like, oh no, like. You shouldn't have been, and just explained it. And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. okay, hey, that's great." So yeah, all's that's well. Great. I'm I'm back to my you, usual bullshit you, at work. You so really need an are. anxiety pill, yeah. or something. Yeah, it's just overthinking. <laughs> yeah, nothing, that's anxiety. No, 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 no. I'm fine. I should, I'm yeah. fine. I should just get my green card. You should definitely do that. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a good week. But, you know, it's been a good week. We're ending it on nine eleven, a high point. Oh, um, top tier. For those of you not in America, because we are no longer a Euro, or we're no longer a United States-centric podcast. <laughs> and haven't been pretty much well, since, yeah. like, our second episode. We try <laughs> to do our best to be inclusive. Uh, that is when an airplane flew into a bunch of buildings. Well, multiple airplanes flew into multiple buildings and, like, killed uh, as many people as COVID did every day. Yeah. Oof. Was yeah, there was at that point one of the worst things that it happened. Yeah, at that point it was the worst. It was the most. Covid blew that out of the water. Day. Yeah, so so nine eleven. So uh, what you got so, for me today? Well, are we turning into a true crime syndicate? podcast? We are turning into a true crime podcast. Finally, we're finally going to start making some money around here. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to be talking about another syndicate. <laughs> And, oh, I was looking at my notes, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. It was the outline, because I like to do a little outline so that I know, like, if I don't do my notes all at once. Mm -hmm. So, this is a 
kind of a rocky road of a story. It's a little all over the Good. place. Some places it goes into detail. Some places it doesn't. All right. Because I decided it's not important. Hey, it's fair. You are the the master of your domain today. And my domain, my domain is in your minds. Oh yeah. Okay, so we're gonna start off the late eighteen hundreds. Okay. And a young man gets off the ship in the New York Harbor. Oh, hell yeah. Immigrant. Doesn't speak a lick of English. Where's he from? Uh, Italy. No. Ireland. Israel. Oh, Israel. Okay. All right. And he steps off, lifts his hat, says, Shalom al Yachem to the first person he meets. <laughs> and... He immediately moves into the slums, because that's where all the immigrants went to immediately, especially if they didn't speak English. And the the slums at this time, and, you know, probably still to a point to this day, are are very cultural, cultural, culture-centric. God. (laughs) I've had, like, two sips of of this bitch beer, and I can't... It's unrelated to that. I just realized why I'm so, like, fucking content today. I completely forgot that I got high as soon as I woke up. And I'm just vibing on... Hell yeah, you're running on... It sets you up for a good day. I'm just chilling. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, he's immediately slipped into poverty. Like, so many... This isn't a real person. This is... Oh, I was like... I mean, kind of typical, yeah. Yeah, I'm just setting out the typical, you know, what happened during the time. They move into... Usual experience. The couple of blocks... That of people who share their culture and their background. Start working in a factory. They start working, yeah, in a factory or as a bitch boy or whatever. And there's there's a moment where there's a split, you know, like a butterfly effect. If you can make a choice and you go one way or the other way. Mm-hmm. And in our fake person in our story. running into a crossroads. Exactly. It's a crossroads. And... Two roads diverge in a yellow wood. And this this guy's approached by a man, and the crossroads is clear. Ah. Do I continue working, keep learning English, try to get out, get a good job, and try to get out of New York? The American dream. Or do <laughs> I start working for the Jewish mob? Ooh. The un-American. No, not the un-American. During this time yeah. period, the American dream. Yeah. <laughs> fucking so, go to the mob dude so yeah in the I think the first like Italian mafia was formed in 1861 I had you know, no idea it was so old you know how great an episode this would be if you set it up like that you go or you could choose to join the, the Nazi, Jewish yeah. mafia and you go it's and Nadar, he, no? chose, he chose not to and then you just talk about his very very normal fucking life for the next like 30 minutes yeah just super boring <laughs> just his journal entries of going to work every day what he did going back home beating his wife going back to work just a standard it's perfect late 1800s american dream you know exactly and and this is the typical of the late 1800s and early 1900s oh okay all right so th- that that's kind of how it worked and i love the jewish mob the jewish mafia whatever it's called um, so Cosa Nostra is an Italian mob mafia term, but <laughs> a lot of people called the Jewish mafia, the kosher Nostra. <laughs> and I oh, wish no. I was making it up, but 
it it was a real oh, thing. I, no. I double checked on kosher Wikipedia. Nostra. Yeah, the kosher nostra, fantastic. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, they they would you know the different crime families, not just the Jewish crime families, but the Italian, the Irish, the African American. They also had some mafia activity. All these different, like nowadays, if you say the mafia, you're talking about the Italian mafia. Yeah, it's just so. In this time period. It was, there were a ton of different, like, small crime families, small crime groups. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was... Basically, it like, was gangs. Like, just an influx of uh, of immigrants. I mean, we've talked about it before, and this was just in 1860, uh, in the episode where I talk about uh, the New York riots, New yeah. York draft riots. There were hundreds of thousands of people immigrating over, like... Daily. Every year, it was, like... 300,000 people. It's a lot of people in New York was such a hub for it that it's like it doesn't surprise me that you would have mafia members from all of these different areas that are like I'm going to get away from this crazy ass like I don't like uh Don Macon's fucking son who's running the mafia now so I'm going to go to the US and expand. It's just, it makes sense. Yeah, there there was so much, and um, a lot of them were like, okay, this and is especially strong yeah. in the Italian mafia, but it was like, you have to be of the same cultural group. Uh-huh. And they would prey on the, you know, the newcomers, the people who were still super poor, and basically give them a, a lending hand, be like, hey, you come work for us? Yeah, you got to do some shady shit, but you're not going to be living with 16 other people in your one-bedroom New yeah, York apartment. Exactly. And on top of that... Just think about like, think about if you were in a position where it was kind of normal to be approached by the mob and they come to you and they say, hey, look, like you can stop doing your fucking regular day job. You're working like a bitch you for somebody for else. You work for us and you're going to make 10 times what you were making before. And this is before you even know what the fuck the mob is regularly doing. Yeah. Well, a big part and of the mob. you're just like, okay, job opportunity. That's a lot of cash. Let's do this. Like- this guy, yeah. this guy knows me. I know him. I know his son. His his son's friends with yeah. my kids. They have a lot of the same. Well, they have the same values that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the same beliefs that I have. They can speak the language. Yeah. While just really I just came salesman. over and I can barely speak English. <laughs> like you would almost. You're so isolated, coming to a new country where you can't mm-hmm. speak the language. Yeah. That yeah, it pushes you into these into these little groups. And it brings you into like. As terrible as it sounds, a sense of community at that. One hundred percent. Well, something that the mafia did, especially in these these early days, they would control the workers' unions, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah, they would basically course. say, like, "Yeah, if you're not paying our dudes enough, they're all gonna strike." Yeah, it's not like a strike where half of them keep going to work because they have to keep feeding their baby. Mm. No, they get paid. Yeah, and, I and mean, they strike, and you don't pay your your union fees. You get your knees broken, kind of thing. So it's no, like no, no. They would they would work with them pretty good as as much but, as they could. They would garnish their wages. Yeah, totally but fair. It they some of the workers' rights shit that no, they did was better than the workers' rights oh, we have nowadays. Of course it was because like, okay, let's say there's a factory and the union, the you know the factory is owned by fucking Edison or something, you know yeah. one of those big names, but the union's controlled by. The Jewish mafia, and then everybody who works there, not necessarily a part of the Jewish mafia, but definitely the union, the high-ranking union people. So if this company says, you know, 
let's say Edison as the example, pays a bunch of money for anti-union politicians or pays them to anti-mafia you know, politicians, people who are going to do things that will impact their bottom yeah. line. The Suddenly you have half of your factories yeah, striking. No. And then the news locally will say, oh, well, workers' rights, workers' conditions. But in reality, it's a political thing. Yeah, totally. Super fair. interesting. I, I go more it's into that shit really, later. really, really cool. So, but at this time, early, late 1800s, early 1900s, they aren't unified at all. Mm-hmm. It's like small gangs, small groups, small families, all competing against each other, trying to, you know, hone in on the same thing. You know, there's multiple people trying to go after the docks, multiple multiple people trying to import liquor and drugs and run prostitution rings and do all this shit. Yeah. All fighting against it's each just other. A, just a melting pot of families trying to take over. Yeah, and a ton of, like, violence in the streets and shootings and stabbings and ice pick in the back of okay. the head, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's just grisly as fuck. That's what we love about it. Oh, yeah. And then, so there, there's one group called the Mustache Pete's, essentially. And a Mustache Pete <laughs> Hell yeah. is an older Italian gang member. Not, not Italian, sorry. Sicilian, specifically Sicilian gang member. And they had these big mustaches. And they would come in. They were basically the crime lords of the Italian groups. And... If you know anything about the Italian mafia, you are not allowed to have a mustache anymore. It's, it's just basically the the retelling of Gangs of New York. <gasps> no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's it's long, but it's good. So you got the mustache peats. They're vying for control. But then you have the younger people who are coming over who are like, we should do things that the mustache peats don't want us to do. Yeah. Because we could make millions of dollars. Like, we, they, the older people were kind of set in their ways. The younger people were like, no, land of opportunity. Like, hardcore, unfettered capitalism. <laughs> like, let's fucking do this. And there was kind of a, some infighting between those groups. Okay. And, you know, loan sharking, gambling, when the prohibition started, bootlegging. So all this shit's happening. And everybody's fighting against everybody. And it's just basically like block gang warfare yeah in fucking nice. the 1920s <laughs> like in the <laughs> 1910s the late 1800s everybody showing musket. up with yeah muskets <laughs> slings clubs fucking shivs and then in walks arnold rothstein definitely a jewish mafia member if you couldn't tell he was born in the early 1880s he enters the scene of the jewish mafia in the early 1900s, and he starts, he's a boss. He's the big boss. I think he was at one point called The Brain. Like, <laughs> I love the nicknames that these guys had. It's so good. So he starts drastically changing the way his family, his group works. He starts running it like a business instead of like a group of thugs going around beating people up. Like, he's like, no, we should just try to make money, like, invest. Okay. Let's do this. And he was the first mob boss to really run it like it's a business oh, okay. rather than yeah. this weird set of rituals and honor and all this shit. No, he's like, nah, I'm going to run this like a factory. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was also the first guy to sit back. Prohibition starts. And he sits back and he's like, everybody's saying this is bad. Everybody's like, ooh, this is not a popular choice. For everybody except the temperance movement and he's in there like 
I know exactly what to do. <laughs> Just rubbing his hands this, together. Yeah, this is how I'm going to get filthy rich. Okay. Because again, these are all immigrants. Like these guys don't have money when they start when they come over. So he's like, I can make a shitload of money from prohibition. So let's do this. So he he would invest in businesses. He would invest in casinos, and then he would fix them so that nobody could win. Essentially, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like what casinos do nowadays. Um, he would buy racetracks, and then rig the races. <laughs> I mean, perfect. Makes sense. Investment yeah. business one hundred and one. <laughs> buy a racetrack, kneecap all the horses but one. Yeah. <laughs> Put tranquilizer in their water before the race. It's perfect. So from the money he got from the casinos and the gambling and shit, he was able to start loan sharking. He was oh, able to okay. start blackmailing people, and he built up this huge network of informants, like across multiple crime families and political groups and all across New York and into Europe and moving west. Jesus. This guy was smart. He realized, oh, he took a bunch of money and bought a bunch of private ships and then brought them to Scotland, bought a bunch of scotch, and then brought it back to the U.S. Oh, damn. And he didn't do it. He wasn't on a trade route, and he yeah. wasn't technically a trade ship. It was his yeah. fleet of personal leisure craft. Oh, my God. Even though they dude. were literally just, like, shipping Yeah. Shipping just ships. Booze. Yeah. And it was full of scotch. He was the first person, because he was like, damn. I know what I'm going to do. You bring over, like, the, the shit that, you, that was super high-end and imported before mm-hmm. it's going to be worth even more now and you keep all the bottles and, and then you buy with the low-end stuff and refill yeah Easy. like i i could totally see him doing that uh, so you know made even more money and then he figured okay i have an office like i look like a legitimate businessman you know so he could cook his books and launder the money mm-hmm. so he had a physical office in which he would mediate other gang disputes and charge a fee for it. Okay. So these two groups are gonna, you know, gearing up to go to war over some issue. He would bring Let's them in. Down. They would each pay a fee. Sit them down, talk about it, figure out what's going on. Basically, like a judge yeah. for different gang meet, and families. Meet at the casino. We'll mediate. We'll figure this shit Let's out this before out. it becomes violent. That's mm-hmm. that's smart. So from that, he's starting to get more contacts, more reputation, and. He starts to influence local political groups, of okay. course. Yeah. Like the group that's running, that has the the political like local political group. Like uh, we don't really have a good example of it today, but it's like if everybody in Salt Lake City, all the politicians on one side formed like a club. Yeah. He he controlled the club that had the current yeah, that, mayor. That's in going power. on today. Yeah, all of the. All of like the Republican. Oh yeah, they're in the oath keepers, and, right? Yeah, they're all oath keepers. So. Oh yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> I was. I'm glad you were going that way. <laughs> and he just built up so much power and influence and money. He was just rich as shit. Yeah, holy shit. And other people started doing the same thing. Other people were like, "Okay, I see this guy. He's successful. He's running it exactly like you would run a business." Like. I can do that. Like the the Italian mafia didn't 100% follow his method because they still had like the the family and the made men and the, yeah. the associates. But everybody started gearing it more towards it's less about 
shooting a bitch in the streets to increase my reputation and make yeah. people fear me to, oh, we're fucking rich as shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like it makes Status it makes sense. symbol yeah. based on wealth rather than fear. Yeah, rather than um, like street credits, it's fucking money. Credit credits. It's actual yeah. cred. <laughs> so he, he ended up mentoring, if you know anything about mob members, you'll recognize some of these names, but he ended up mentoring a guy named Meyer Lang, uh, Lang, Langsky, Lansky, yeah, Meyer Lansky, Jack Diamond, who's also called Legs, <laughs> Charles Luciano, who's known as Lucky Luciano, and Dutch Schultz. This guy... Also known as Dutch. Dutch, yeah. <laughs> Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. This guy... The man with the plan. Basically, we know almost 100% for sure without knowing 100% for sure... He rigged the 1919 World Series. <laughs> Doug Schultz? No, uh, Roth, Roth, uh, oh. Arnold Rothstein. Arnold Rothstein. He rigged the 1919 World Series. Jesus and he would Christ. routinely rig. Uh, he, he would just bribe athletes all the time so his team would win <laughs> because he was a gambling man. Like, well, he made I mean, a lot of money in gambling. On top of that, back then, they weren't making their, like, $5 million a year, $50 million a year contracts these yeah. are like these are dudes that are playing baseball that are really good at it but they're still severely underpaid yeah straight up ah the american dream <laughs> and then in uh oh where was it 1928 so we're, we're now up to 1928 he showed up you know right right as prohibition started which i think was early 20s right late uh, teens, yeah early i think 20s. it i think it started 1920 let me check so that, that's when oh, he yeah. really started to take power. Was like, when when Prohibition started. Yeah, he was involved like the decade before that, but he really took off at the beginning. This sounds like the fucking storyline of Boardwalk Empire. What's that? Uh, it's literally what you're talking about. It's about the mafia that's on the docks running like casinos and... It's it's it all better. that shit, and it's during the same time. It, I think the first episode is the start of Prohibition, and they Perfect. have this huge party in one of his casinos. Mm -hmm. This dude, uh, Steve Buscemi, is actually the main main big guy. Um, but yeah, they throw this huge fucking party. They're like, "Oh, it's the last time we'll legally be able to drink," and then it switches, and it's like things start getting really fucking out of hand. Hell like yeah. They're they're like making moonshine and, and shit in like the basement of old women's houses and everything. It's fucking bonkers. Perfect. Uh Prohibition started in nineteen seventeen. Okay. Perfect. So yeah, about where we were. Yeah. Where we were. So nineteen twenty eight comes around. He's been living the high life for like fourteen years. And he plays a poker game and that lasts for three days. Oh. And you have that money converter? Uh, I'm going back to it. Yep. 1935? Uh, 28. Oh, 1928. So you lied to me. I mean, you can just use that. It'll be close enough. Nope. We're going to be accurate. Oh, my 1928, God. 1928. How much? 320,000. <laughs> In three days from a poker game. 5.5 5 mil. Fuck's sake. That's, that's so how much, much he lost or That's won? how much he lost. Oh, my. 
And he basically said, no, I'm not going to pay that because I know the game was rigged because that guy that I was one of the guys who I was going against just got a debt for three hundred and twenty thousand dollars. They're trying to pawn it off on me. Oh, this is yeah. bullshit. That's true. Shit, dude. And uh, also, Prohibition went until 1933. Perfect. So 16 years. Of 16 horrible no years. No alcohol. 16 years, which Matt Gates, if you're listening, put your fucking boner away. Not talking about a 16-year-old. I'm talking about how long Prohibition lasted. God, dude. Jesus. Jeez. Long, long time friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, since we turned three. Yeah. He has his, like, standards. <laughs> he waits till they're three. Um, so, you know, you know exactly what happens when somebody oh. ranks, <laughs> brings up $320,000 worth of debt in a provably rigged game. It yeah. was a rigged yeah. game. Straight up. Uh, they killed him on the street. Oh, Hell yeah! And everybody sit there, sitting there, thinking like, "There's a power vacuum." His his huge, multi million dollar like corporation, crime syndicate, crime group. It's not a syndicate. Is gonna fall apart, but instead, it's divvied up to the high ranking members. Oh, okay. It's pretty much equally divvied, you know, divvied up as equally yeah, as you could. Just so split it up makes sense. Yeah. So some people took on. The booze running. Some people took on the bootlegging, which is booze running. Some people took on the drugs. Some people took on the prostitution. Like, it was kind of divvied up a bit. Mm. And I'm sure there were some, you know, grabs for power and shit like that. But... Everybody just kind of worked well And they worked together together. because his entire thing was like, no, we should work together. Like, let's mediate these issues. Let's, yeah. We're stronger if we can communicate with each other. Makes sense. So that I know that you're running booze through this area so that I know not to go into that area and get fucked up by your guys. Like, It's true. A bunch of criminals that trust each other are really good fucking criminals. <laughs> yeah. And he fucking, he fundamentally changed the way these crime families worked and operated. Mm-hmm. So 1929, the year after he gets killed, there's a conference in Atlanta City. Uh-oh. And it was Atlantic thrown... City? Yeah. Oh, no, okay. Atlanta City. Oh, in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, okay. Atlanta City. Isn't it called Atlanta City? No. <laughs> it's Atlantic City. It, I don't know in... which one it is. Atlantic it, either... City in, like, New Jersey At... is what I would assume. It might you... be Atlanta or it might be Atlantic City. Maybe. We'll I don't never know. know. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. We'll never know. It was thrown by a guy named Johnny Torrio. Ooh. He was a Chicago mobster. And he, he was actually the mentor of Al Capone. Huh. Okay. So the guy who came before him. And it was attended by, I'm going to- The guy who you, did pay his taxes but failed yeah, to teach to Al teach. Capone about taxes. <laughs> yeah. He, he's where he's why high schools don't teach about taxes. <laughs> God damn. And during this time period, and a little bit before this, this is when the mustache, the mustache Pete's, were kind of getting killed off, like assassinated oh, by shit. the younger group, by the younger guys. Uh-huh. So there's, there's they're getting you know, old. Those mustaches are turning gray. There's some of these. There, there happens to be some more power imbalances, mm-hmm. where oh, this old guy gets shot up, but then the three younger mob bosses. Who orchestrated it? Split up his oh, kind of his divvy shit, it. divvy it out. 
pretty equally because they're okay. working together. They yeah. learned from from Rothstein. Okay. And so this this um, what's it called? This conference was attended by Lucky Luciano, who we've already met. Al Capone was there. Joe Adonis was there. Damn. Langy Zwilman. Longy Zwilman. There we go. Long Great name. Zwilman. Uh, Vincent Mangano. He's of the. I forgot the name of the family. Never mind. <laughs> it, it's something like the Gabagool family. Like it's a, it's one of those like stereotypical. Well, we'll just things. call it the Soprano family. Yeah, he's part of the Soprano family. Frank Erickson was there. Alberto Anastasia, who was known as the Mad Hatter, was there. <laughs> what a badass! What a name. Bugsy Segal was there. Siegel. Bugsy Segal. We've talked about him before yeah, in previous yeah. episodes. I think in the Nat Arno episode. I think so. That sounds right. It's right or, well, we get to around that time period, so we know what mm-hmm. else is going on. This is on. like right at the this same is before, time. Yeah. This is just before. Yeah. A couple, well. That's pretty close. No, this is about close, 10, 10 years yeah. before. Oh, okay. Because it's 29, 1929. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, no, wait. Nat Arner started in 1933, didn't he? Because that's when anti-Semitism. Really, yeah, it's a, it's really a couple close, years before. Yeah. Frank Costello was there. <laughs> Dutch Schultz was there. We've met him. Lepke... Bukhalter was there. Damn. Uh, Nucky Johnson. Nucky. It's Nicky with a U. Nucky. Uh, Frank and uh, a guy named Frank Scalis. These were the big names who yeah. showed up. And all of these people were either the top of or very high-ranking member of different... Of the family. Families, yeah. different groups. And th- they included, some of them not named here, Irish Mafia, Italian Mafia, Jewish Mafia, African-American Mafia... And everything else that you can think of. Every okay. crime group, every crime family was essentially represented here. Okay. Which is crazy. This is the first Fucking time ever. massive, yeah. As far as we know, the only time ever uh-huh. since the uh, you know Catholic Church <laughs> did all of this. So Lucky Luciano and Meyer uh, Lansky, who we've talked about before, you know, mm-hmm. under that guy, they got together and they're like, we need to do this. We need to get everybody together. Get all of the families together and create a loose confederation, which is also <laughs> known as a, a syndicate. Yeah, yeah. And they they would call it the National Crime Syndicate. The National Crime Syndicate. So they got everybody syndicate. together at this conference and just talked about it. And like, okay, every family will have representation on, we'll call it the board, because they're basing it off of Rothstein, who was make it a business. Yeah. So they have a board of directors Damn. that represents every crime family who's going to be operating Originally in New York and Chicago, but then they expanded nationally. Like it's the National Syndicate, yeah. <clears throat> National Jesus Crime Syndicate. Christ. It was called, and they basically said, "Let's just open communication." Okay. Oh, oh. that's not going to show up. No. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so we'll increase our collaboration. We'll talk. We'll work together like common goal shit while still operating in your area. So if there's one crime family that runs booze and another crime family wants to get in on running booze, they, they got to go talk to the first but they one. Gotta, yeah, they got to split it and figure it out. They got to do it in a way that doesn't impact the people yep. already doing it. So if okay. they're supplying New York, well, maybe this family can supply rural New York or yeah. New Jersey or somewhere else, but they're going to work together. Yeah. Start setting up territories and yeah. shit. And it reduces the conflicts because they can sense. say – like, this is when it came out that 
if you or you cannot murder a rule that still stands to the Italian mafia today, mm-hmm. you cannot murder a made man without getting permission yeah. from the head of the family. From the Don. Yeah. Yep. Even if you're an opposing group, you still have to go to the Don and get permission. Yeah. And if you don't, then it's it's a fucking war. war. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's where this kind of thing happened. Where it's we're gonna be working together. Kind of setting the we're rules. We're gonna, but we're gonna be civilized about it. Yeah. Obviously, if you come into our territory or butt in on our shit. It's not just going to be us going after you. It's going to be all of us. Yeah. You know, blacklists you with the board. Yeah. Which is super Damn, cool. dude. They have almost as much power as the board who and we work under. Points, yeah. The pressure points board. Yeah. yeah. Two more. And that's that. Yeah. Ooh. But they it also allowed them to pool together their political influence. Okay. So, you know, if you control these four, if you control fish... In New York. <laughs> yeah. And you control the fish processors. And you control the people bringing booze in. And you control the people who run all the prostitution. Well, suddenly you have a lot of things to blackmail local politicians about. Yeah, for real. And, like, you can threaten, well, we're going to shut down all fishing in New York in 1925. <laughs> like, what Jesus. the fuck are you going to do? You have yeah. to. You have to listen to these people. And no fish. Oh yeah, and the Polish. No fish. There were some no Polish. prostitutes. No yeah. booze. What the fuck what the is fuck? the point of living? Yeah, exactly. There was a there were some Polish mafia groups as well, mm-hmm. which I have never heard of. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And bootlegging explodes. Bribery goes crazy. Extortion, mostly of other rich people. Like they realized their recruits were the poor people. Yeah, and if they had the poor people on their side. It worked a lot easier. Yeah. So they just, so, they focus on the rich people. Yeah. yeah. And they don't have anything to extort anyway. Uh-huh. Um, like what? You're going to take away fish that I can't fucking afford? Oh, thanks. Like, yeah. Okay. I can't afford scotch. <laughs> I'm still not going to do what you fucking want. Yeah. Uh, fencing show, you know, blows up trafficking, um, drug trafficking. Yeah. Money laundering, loan sharking fucking goes crazy during this time period hell yeah because they're they're organized and they would they would probably the coolest thing the coolest point of collaboration is you know a lot of crime families have enforcers they're basically you know they're the meatheads yeah they're the big boys they're the big boys exactly you got a problem, you bring in an enforcer, they'll yeah. beat the shit out of anybody. Like you got a big, Nat Nat Arno. You got a big guy with a fucking heavy looking bat. Nat Arno was an enforcer who Some... enforcer who led a an army of oh enforcers. God, like dude. these were Nat Arno Can types. You imagine fucking showing up somewhere and no. Nat Arno's behind the guy you owe money to? You're like, fuck. Yeah, you get oh, I'd pay. Yeah, here's everything plus, like, the money that I think I might owe you in the future, just to yeah. be safe. just everything. <laughs> so the the board, all these crime families get together, and they're like, we need to create a wing of the National Crime Syndicate of just enforcers that we can all utilize. Of enforcers. <laughs> and they call it Murder, Inc. Fucking Murder, Incorporated. Yeah. That's so So this sick. is a group of hundreds of... Of enforcers, just big that if you're a, if you're a crime dudes. family and you're on the board and you got an issue, you need you somebody who needs to be killed. Dip you, your fingers in murder ink. You go to the board, you plead your case, and the board puts out contracts. 
And I got to say, this is probably one of the most workers' rights focused assassin group I've ever seen. Like, I go into it here. Yeah, like, they they would be used for escorting bootlegging runs, Mm -hmm. you know? They would be used for assassinations. They would be used for intimidation. They would, like, everything... You you would basically just show up, and they're all just neutral, basically. Basically, like, we'll like every every family basically had representation. Like all of their enforcers would go to Murder Inc. Oh, okay. And then they would be divvied out as needed. Damn. So it created this socialized enforcer group, which is <laughs> badass. Jesus. It was originally led by Lepke Bacalter and Mister Anastasia himself. Anastasia, I don't know himself, the Mad Hatter. They started it. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, the Mad Hatter was also known as Lord High Executioner. I was going to say, Mad Hatter sounds like he's been up to some shit. Oh, yeah. This dude... I bet he was an enforcer beforehand and was like, yo, oh, yeah, these he guys was. need These guys were already enforcers. Yeah. Um, kind of what I figured. Lucky Luciano and uh, Lan- Lansky also show up, and they kind of take control, but because the two previous guys wanted to get into the action. Yeah. They're like, we want to be a part of murder. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why he was called Lord High Executioner, because he took direct part. Damn. And the the board was like, ah, let's put some people who are in charge who aren't actually getting their hands dirty yeah. to, as a protection thing. So they start, you know, Lucky and Lansky show up. They are, and these guys are like, at this point, basically legendary guys. Mm-hmm. Like, if you heard you were working under Lucky, Luci- or Lucky Luciano... Like, oh, God, that's that's like Tom Cruise is coming to town. I don't fucking know. Do people like Tom Cruise? If know. you're a Scientologist, it's like yeah. Tom Cruise is coming to town. <laughs> the uh, Murder, Inc. was active from 1929 through to 1941, officially. Okay. <clears throat> they worked with the board directly, and they even allowed people to file grievances against other coworkers. Jeez. Just like a business. Yeah. Like, there was one time... Uh, they went out for a hit. It was two dudes and a driver. And the two dudes got out, shot the guy. They didn't kill him immediately, and some people started shooting back. And then one of the drivers got in, the high, the ranking member got in, and said, go, 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 because he thought the other guy got shot or something. Yeah. Or was captured because he didn't see him. And then the other guy runs out, and the car's gone. Oh, so that guy shit. had to run back and eventually made it back home. And filed a grievance against the board because they he got ditched on a mission. <laughs> it's fantastic. God uh, damn it. Here's a here's another number for you. A, a money conversion. Oh, okay. So per killing, it was between one to five thousand dollars. So do five thousand. Okay. I'm just curious what that is today. In nineteen thirty-eight, you said? Twenty nine. Oh, nineteen twenty nine. I mean oh, okay. this went through the thirties, yeah. Eighty-six thousand. It's not bad. No, not at all. Killing a dude. Damn. Before they Uh, developed forensics, is seventeen grand. That's still good. I'd do that because they didn't discover forensics and DNA yet. So exactly, that'd be easy. But just mop up pools of blood. They didn't give a shit. The cool thing is that if you were one of these enforcers, your money or there were also financial benefits to your family. Um, if you got killed. They would give your family your paycheck, essentially, <laughs> and they would they they would help them. Yeah, like they wouldn't necessarily 
give them money for free. Like yeah, they give them yeah. jobs and shit, but they would still support the family even if yeah. you got killed in the line of duty. If you got caught doing a murder ink contract, whatever it was, mm-hmm. the board would hire the best lawyers possible to get you out. Oh, well, I'm sure the board had their own lawyers involved in it exactly. anyway. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, all of it is just fucking, it's lawyer client privilege. I mean, I don't know how, like, how accurate that was back then, but, like, fucking families definitely had their own lawyers and shit. Oh, yeah. So just the best lawyers in town for whatever it was would work your case. So there were a ton of people who got caught, like, attempting to do shit, and they just got off for free. Got nothing. They don't have to pay the legal fees. Nothing like that. And, like, think about today. If I die, they don't... Who gets my paycheck? Nobody. They probably aren't even going to pay it. They just fucking... Just Talk that shit. Yeah. And... My family shit out of luck, and if I go to jail for something that I do, like, say, as a nurse, that's on me. Mm. The company's not going to back me up at yeah. all, even if it was the company's fault. Mm. The precedent shows that no, that I will not be supported by the workplace. This gotta, is a good place love, to work. Gotta love not working with unions, man. Yeah. Uh, they were responsible for an estimated at least a 1,000 assassinations. Jesus. They would go after informants, political leaders, enemies, you know, and then sanctioned killings within and across the different families. So, you know, that guy fucking ripped us off or something, you know, some killable offense, then that family would be involved in ordering the hit. Shit. Through, because it would go to the board. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool, I think. That, that's like that's, that's cool as shit. Cool. I they didn't... they also did kidnapping, for like, uh, you know, threatening people or um, intimidating people or ransom. <laughs> it's it's cool because it really kind of I don't want to say brings new meaning, but it kind of adds to the term organized crime. Oh yeah. Like when you think of organized crime now, obviously it's not that fucking organized it isn't yeah but like it's still more organized than just like petty crime you know uh but this is just fucking this is another level of organization and the fact that this was going on without people knowing about it yeah damn like they they played off the conference for years they just said oh it was uh it was uh we were just discussing bootlegging (laughs) <laughs> like that's that's how they played it off for so long and until basically 1932 nobody even knew that murder inc existed unless you were in the families yeah and even then at higher ranks of the families couldn't be an associate you had to be a little higher yeah <laughs> and 1932 happens and this this dude named abe wagner sounds like a bitch he is a bitch he Figured. got scooped up for the murder for one of his contracts with another guy who also, you know, one of the other uh, enforcers. Okay. And he basically got sat down by a cop and said, if you tell us what's going on, we'll go harder on that guy. We'll let you go with a much lesser charge. And he spilled the beans (sighs) on Murder, Inc. He basically got out of prison of any sort. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And How he, long is this fucker going to survive, though? <laughs> he, so he shows up. 
or he he basically flees town. He's got a police escort. They're holding him up at a hotel, and he fell out of a window. Yeah. <laughs> under police guard. Yeah. He Epstein himself. But he was pushed. He was one hundred percent pushed. Like that trajectory. Like he, if he had fallen, he would have hit a bunch of shit on the way down, and he went out. Like he was pushed hard through oh, a window. I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and then. Dutch Schultz comes up, and at this time there was a prosecutor in New York who made it like his life goal to prosecute organized crime. Mm -hmm. Dutch Schultz goes to the board and says, hey, we need to just kill this guy. Uh Like, we need to kill this guy. It's going to put a Yeah, it's going to put heat on us, but he's going to be successful if we don't get rid of him now before his career really takes off. I see. And the board says no. We're not going to do that. We like that puts such a target. It really does on us that we cannot do this. So Dutch Schultz says, "You know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going to kill him anyway." Yeah. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> uh-oh, I mean, go against the board, and even yeah. So Dutch Schultz gets hit. Does he kill the gets, lawyer, or does he get he hit doesn't, before? He actually saves the lawyer's life. In a way, in in the way of he gets killed off. The board says, don't kill that guy. Basically protects that guy. I see, yeah. And later on, one of the board members in who was interviewed later, like years later, was like, at the time I supported the board, we should have killed that guy. Oh, Because later sure. on, like, we don't really talk about him. He, he ends up prosecuting a lot of these guys. Damn. He's what kind of broke down a lot of this shit, you know, a couple decades later. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, 1940 comes around. They're still just doing everything, you know, whacking. Yeah. Whacking and jacking. Whacking it. <laughs> whacking it, yeah. And this guy named, and it's another Abe, ironically, Abe Reles. He was caught for murder. He was bribed. He turned informant. And he had a lot more information than Abe Wagner. Uh-oh. And he got... Dozens of people arrested. This is a problem. It's, for first degree it's murder. It's all of these honest Abe types, man. Bastards. I don't trust anybody with the name Abe. Yeah, I'd shoot them in the back of the head at a play, honestly. Easily. Anybody named Abe. Yeah. <laughs> with their freakishly tall heads. That's why I had to wear the hat, because it filled the yeah. inside of it. <laughs> and, you know, dozens of people, like, very quickly, the police realized their mistake with the previous guy because it basically got out too quick yeah. that he had turned informant so he didn't give them too much information this guy gave them a ton and like in a blitz over a couple of days dozens of these enforcers were arrested for first degree murder damn dude and now oh, what the fuck uh oh hold on let me let me go oh back. he lost his place oh shit oh no abe wagner wasn't pushed out the window Abe oh. Reles was Abe Wagner was hit, he was murdered. But, oh, okay. But Abe Reles was pushed out the window. Jesus. Um, he was bribed actually as well. <laughs> so the cops not only said we we won't charge you for murder, but we'll give you like five thousand dollars or something. I don't know. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, tons of people got arrested, and Murder Inc. kind of just fell apart. Had to fall apart at that yeah. point, like. Their top tier members, their top ranking members were just like, yeah, poof, shit out. And then it became too much of a risk for the individual families. So at this point, the individual families 
built up just their own enforcer wing of yeah. their family. So kind of went back to the way it was before. But for that, like 20 years, damn, dude. 10, uh, 12 years, they were on top of that damn. shit. Damn. <clears throat> That's why Peaky Blinders is such a popular show. This is all true. Oh. No, I don't like, know. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, dude. That's cool as hell, though. Now, this was the part that I wasn't sure if we would have time for, and we technically don't, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Long episode for you. Just because we started recording earlier than we normally do. Yeah. You know, we were leading up to World War II. Uh-huh. In some places, World War II had already started. And America is getting closer to the point where we enter the war. And the Navy, so before the OSS, which we've talked about a couple of times, you know, this, the original Secret Service in the U.S., it was basically done by different offices of different military groups, the main one being the, the Naval Office of Strategic Services, I think they were called. Yeah. And... They did most of the intel for the U.S. And they knew that the docks in New York, you're going to get a lot of German spies and you're going to get a lot of Italian spies. That's exactly where they're going to go. Yeah. And they're like, I bet some genius who's never been there was like, I bet a lot of these like organized crime families... I bet a lot of them love Mussolini because they're Italian, so they have to. Oh, yeah, that kind of thing. And the USS, or not USS, the SS Normandy was a ship that was captured from the French, and it was being retrofitted to be a transport ship. And in the New York Harbor, it was sabotaged, sunk, and burned down. <laughs> bunk, and then bunk. Burned, and then sunk. Bunk. Jesus. And the... OSS, not the OSS, the Naval Office of Strategic Intelligence or whatever. Uh, I've now called it two different things. Nah, you're fine. It works. The it's Navy the same. It's side. A, yeah, the Navy yeah. intelligence groups were like, I wonder who did that. They hung a bunch of spies, a bunch of Axis spies. Damn. But none of the spies really said, anything. said they did it, and there was no real evidence that they ever did it. And in fact, the Mad Hatter from earlier claimed he did it. Jesus as a fuck you guys anti-government fuck you thing and basically the US came out and was like yeah spies did it and most of the people who lived in the air were like no they didn't I (laughs) mean it only makes sense for for like these these groups to do it because everything like the entire US is pointing fingers at them even though most of these dudes that are in this, like, in these families probably were born in the U.S. At this point, yeah. And it's just like, like, they're being told, oh, yeah, they're Italian mobsters. They they follow Mussolini's orders. It's like... That, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it would be like, dude, I've never even fucking lived under that guy. And this is a time without, like, they had phones. Yeah. And to call across the ocean, (laughs) pretty rough deal. You know, like, how would they even communicate? I don't blame them. I don't blame them for fucking up that ship. Yeah. And the Mad Hatter was in control of the New York docks at this time. That was his, like, his family controlled that. So, (laughs) oh, oh yeah, post-war, 
you know, because at the end of the war, basically, we figured out a lot of shit, a lot of documentation about the spy craft of the other countries. There was no evidence that they ever targeted the Normandy. They didn't want us to really? be involved in the war. Jesus. <clears throat> so the naval intelligence started. They they sent a bunch of troops, agents, not troops, agents, to the docks. And like, oh, I'm new on the job. How do you feel about that Mussolini? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. They, they went down there to see, you know, do the dock workers know something? Like, do they know how to identify the spies? Mm -hmm. Do they like Mussolini? And the docks were run so well, not a single one of them said anything Hell to yeah. any of the agents. Because they not. knew, oh, new guy on the job and my union manager didn't tell me about him? I'm not saying yeah. shit to Why you. You're fuck? obviously yeah. a cop or something. Yeah. Like, they they knew they knew to be tight lipped, which is fantastic. I just fucking That's love that. Fucking That's the great. ultimate like a cab. Yeah, <laughs> just for real. I'm just not gonna talk to you. So they realized shit. We can't do anything. So they started Operation Underworld. Okay. Super super cool edgy name. So the the Navy contacts Lansky. And they say, hey, you're friends with old Lucky Luciano, right? You know, the <laughs> head of this huge organized crime family. And basically, so Lucky Luciano was in prison at this point. He had just been convicted of forced prostitution. He had 30 to 50 year sentence. Mm -hmm. He was in there for a long time. So they contact Lansky because it looks a little suspicious if they show up to the prison and ask yeah. to speak to Lucky Luciano because Luciano is still running things mm -hmm. from prison. He's still running shit. Oh, He's yeah, still the top dog. He still has contacts and informants and everything. So they go to Lansky and they strike the deal. The deal is we will, uh, we will commute Lucky Luciano's sentence in exchange for intel on when spies come in, sabotage, you know, Mussolini supporters, communists, you know, whatever oh, okay, the fuck. Yeah. You feed us intel from the docks. You let him out. And we will commute your sentence, so make it shorter. Yeah. Or whatever it is. <clears throat> Luciano thinks about it and he says, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, who gives, know, a, who fuck? gives yeah. a shit? And I get rid of people that aren't a part of this fucking family. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> And uh, he also contacted, you know, Albert the Mad Hatter and because he was kind of over Albert mm -hmm. or the Mad Hatter. It's way cooler. And he says, OK, during the war, no worker strikes. That's part of the deal. And it worked. There were no dock worker strikes during World War II in Damn, the New York Harbor. Really? Yeah. We at this point, we don't really know the extent of the intel that he provided. Mm -hmm. We know it was valuable. Um, especially, I should say, in the earlier days of the war. Like, it was enough that they, the U.S. government, surprisingly, held good on their end of the deal. Yeah. But later, <laughs> during the invasion of Sicily, so when the U.S. started invading Sicily, Luciano had heavy contacts with the Sicilian mafia. Because, of course, you would. You know, you're basically an extension of it. And... <laughs> He knew which Sicilian mobsters were anti-Mussolini, so he's, he basically contacted them <laughs> and said, you're going to help America. Yeah. America's going to invade. You're going to help them. Yeah. He actually put a guy whose name was 
Calogero Vizzini on an American tank Jesus. for six days during the invasion. And he was the guy basically like calling the shots. Yeah. yeah. He was their contact for Jesus. the the, uh, the mafia. I mean, it was fairly standard at the time for Italian families to dislike being an Axis power. I mean, most anybody disliked being an Axis power. But I know I've read about a lot of Italians that were like, we don't agree with how the fuck he's doing this shit. I mean, yeah, there's a reason Mussolini was lynched. Yeah. And in fact, before the war ended, Mussolini was arrested. And then... And then put back into power by the Nazis. Yeah. So like there, yeah. Not they everybody didn't, they liked didn't him. fucking like him. Yeah. And they got the the U.S. military got maps of Sicily, of the waterways, photos Jeez. of the harbors. <laughs> like they got God, better dude. intel than they normally got because of Lucky Luciano because he knew he was going to get yeah. out, or at least get it shortened. Um, so there was specifically one like mountain pass that was super dangerous because you could basically just put a bunch of snipers out there. Mm-hmm. So this, that guy in the tank, uh, Vizzini, it was his job to guide them through the mountain pass mm-hmm. safely. And the way they did that was they had the Sicilian mafia take out all the Italian snipers <laughs> before they even got there. They ordered hits Jesus, on all on of the Italian fucking... snipers. And it God fucking worked. Damn, like, like we captured it. That's crazy. So the war ends, 1946, and Lucky Luciano says, "Hey, it's time to pay Hold out your on your deal." And he does it through legal channels, Hell which yeah. forces the U.S. government to acknowledge the fact publicly that, struck a deal, yeah. that they they struck a deal with mob bosses. Yeah. God damn, dude. Which embarrassed them. And then the that prosecutor from before, who that guy was going to kill, and they protected him and stuff, he was the guy who actually prosecuted Lucky Luciano. Oh, I see. And to get the sentence commuted, he said, we'll let you out right now, but we're going to deport you to Italy. What the fuck? Or you can stay in for another couple decades, and it'll be shorter than the 30 to 50, Jesus. but, you know, whatever. So he says, okay, yeah, fucking deport me. Like, I mean, I'm I'm rich as shit. Like, yeah, I'm still gives, the leader. Like Gives a fuck. Yeah, and they, he gets deported. And I meant to see what the fuck he did for the rest of his life, but I did not look that up. No worries. Probably just ran the mafia from afar. Like, yeah, or just that's just what they would fucking became do. Became involved in the local mafia. Uh, like, who knows? He, I mean, he wasn't stuck to Italy. He could have gone anywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, a lot of these are families that just go further and further and further back. And yeah. so it's like, there's a good chance that they were already involved with a family he was just oh no the, he, one was, of the Lucianos, you know, he was involved so with the like, sicilian mafia he goes he was involved with the italian mafia like yeah. he already had contacts yeah i'm just saying like in italy he goes back and it's like there's a a very very good chance that he was already under a family anyway and his boss is like okay cool yeah we'll just have, have you do what uh, you he, were doing he over was there respected he was respected as right a, here as a mafia yeah boss. exactly and it just shows how much power these guys had even in prison he was able to help the u.s oh, government yeah. fight against the axis while still running the criminal empire that he had and so the the national crime syndicate the syndicate that this whole thing has been about they kind of petered out in the 60s uh-huh. they stopped working together as much but there also started to be a larger crackdown on them a harder crackdown and 
competition with other organized crime groups. Like cartels started to show up. Uh-huh. The triads started to show up. Like uh, uh, biker gangs. Although nowadays they're considered much less organized than they were. But it basically, you know, they came, they became, they were national. And now the mafia to this day still operating in the Northeast U.S. and in Chicago mm. for the most part. Like I'm sure they still operate other places on a smaller scale. There's nothing near as yeah. big as it was. They basically had one act, I think it was called a RICO Act, where if you are charged for anything related to organized crime, you get an additional 20 years and $25,000 fine. And they used that to basically say, oh, well, yeah, you murdered one guy as working for a crime family, but you committed all these other crimes on the way to it. So that's six acts. That's six 20-year yeah, sentences plus the murder. It's all so, Or what you could do, do, instead of getting you know two life sentences or whatever, we'll put you under witness protection. Oh, God. Oh. We'll put you in witness protection, ship you off to like Indiana and or something, and you tell us everything. And it yeah. just started crumbling a lot of these. Sure, dude. A lot of these groups. And the Italian mafia specifically, they have a, a really big part of it is you have to be Italian. Like mm-hmm. when there were a ton of immigrants coming over, that was easy. Then they they made it so that, okay, if your parents are Italian. Okay, if your dad's Italian. And then they brought it back in the year 2000. They brought it back to you. you both your parents have to be Italian. It's uh, There's also a lot of fucking racism yeah. that occurs in these – in these oh yeah that's a whole that's that's why they're called the so, irish the jewish yeah and the Italian it's just mafia. like it's like very lots families of families that have kids that are like like hey i want to marry someone that's of a different race like some italian girl wants to marry like a jewish guy and mafia pop is like hell no they get married and then Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just family <laughs> drama and then daughter turns in dad and shit like that. Like yeah, there's it was a lot just of shit it was, was just dwindling on. and it it's like it it, it, it was a good it nowadays. was a good uh, system for kind of regulating and helping those unions and everything, but at its core. Yeah, there was a lot of fucking awful oh, shit tons. going and on. And the syndicate, the point of it was kind of to separate that out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the those all those guys I named off, they knew we need to be more like the mustaches, the mustache peats were like, no, you only work with Italians. Yeah, like that is it. And that what that's Once what led to their to downfall. And, yeah, and it just perpetuated that. It was still based in that racism. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what led to the downfall after the syndicate kind of fell apart. It, they fucked. became prosecuted so quickly and so much that it became everyone for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the, the Italian mafia still controls, you know, the garbage disposal in New York. They still control the docks. Like, yeah, man. the Chicago mafia 100% exists. There's, Chic- or there's uh, mafia activity in Utah. They don't necessarily mm-hmm. occupy. Like uh, operate here on a large, you know, grandiose scale. I I think they ship people here who they need to disappear. Uh, my girlfriend's dad knew a bunch of people that were in the mafia and fucking Price back yeah, in like exactly. the seventies. Like they were, they have stories about people they know know that got hit down there. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Hey, shit. Utah's a good place for people to disappear if they're being hunted yeah, by another crime family. So 
Murder Inc. Yeah, fucking wild, dude. Still powerful. I my last line was they've dwindled, but you still don't want to fuck with them. Yeah. Never. Hot damn. So there you go. Oh, I, I'm trying to put my file away because I move it when I, when I'm done with it. But okay, I got it. That's wild, though. I love I love <laughs> fucking organized crime. I love reading and learning about it. It's it's so fascinating, dude. To me. It is th- that time period, like early nineteen, early to mid nineteen hundreds, is like the peak. It's the prime mm-hmm. of of organized crime because they could get away with it. Like, yeah, I mean, how the fuck would you track any of that shit? Exactly. Like it was, and it's. I mentioned it briefly at the very start, but they were they were coming into a country that wasn't regulated very well to oh, start. Oh, it wasn't regulated, and I mean, it also it didn't just, want them. It was just young. Like, you come into the U.S., yeah, they have these laws that are established and everything, but they don't have fucking centuries of of history regulating crime in the U.S. in the 1900s. And you also don't Plus, have much of a social service web at all. They've come like, through a fucking civil war within the first hundred years that they were a country you're coming into a country that's already divided on everything, where everybody's has this freedom perception. It is a fucking like it's a madhouse. Yeah, it's a it's, shit show in a madhouse. Yeah, it's just you're you're primed for success in the early 1900s when, like, if you really fucking put the pedal to the metal, you were able to succeed in in organized crime. It is such a fascinating fucking time period. And and the fact that they know they they knew and understood what corporations nowadays don't, which is uh, take care of your workers. I mean, and they'll be willing to die for you. And this like, is just when tons of money was starting to be thrown around too. Like it it was just such a prime time to start figuring out how to money launder. It was it was a great time to start figuring out okay how can we take this money that we've earned committing all of these fucking crimes through trafficking through bootlegging and make it legit. how can we make it legit now while still doing that and it fucking hides it but we take all that money and we turn into a fucking bank yeah. like it it was such a or like it turned it into a waste management company turned it into a real estate company because they had the money to and it's the peak of the industrial revolution where it's like, yeah, if you have money to invest in starting up a business that's even slightly up, like on the upside, you were set for fucking life. And so they saw that and they took what, like, perfect advantage. Well, of it, it. And it it's also so cool. The U.S. stupidly created a false shortage of alcohol, <laughs> yeah, and oh it God. commoditized alcohol so much. That, you know, it was something everybody wanted. Not every, obviously, but the majority of people wanted mm-hmm. and would be willing to pay for it. And it became kind of like a, ooh, I'm going to go to the speakeasy. I'm going to yeah. buy some booze from my dealer. Like, it became such a, almost fetishized. Mm-hmm. Like, people would have parties with booze. You know, yeah. like, they, they would have these big extravagant shit flaunting the fact that they were drinking because they knew they could get away with it. Yeah. So all you got to do is dump it out and hope you don't get caught. Like yeah, it's fucking, it's wild shit. Like dude. they didn't have a breathalyzer. Yeah. No, <laughs> all they would do, like, hey, blow in my face real quick. There's just like, 
there was it was so hard to catch people back then because they it were so much smarter. They were so much smarter and they were so much more efficient with everything because they were putting the time into dodging everything that the police could throw at them. And they had lawyers that knew how to, to yeah. fucking evade all of it. It's it is so if you can find anything to read about with uh, organized crime in like the early 1900s, even even like uh the 1970s and 80s like just before they really start getting into like and into the 90s before they start doing um like phone not phone tapping but like they started doing like yes like further surveillance than just like hey we'll stay up overnight and sit outside their house like once they started doing like cyber surveillance is when organized crime and mafia and everything it's like it's kind of taken even a bigger downturn the last like 20 30 years yeah just because it's so much easier to track i mean it's still there but like late 70s into 90s is fucking awesome as well well that's when you start getting mob members who had cia ties like (laughs) like that shit is crazy It's, it's bonkers so if you're ever bored on wikipedia just look up Oh, what was it? It's the U.S. government involvement with mafia. And they have an entire page. There's only like four known events. They're fantastic. They hired mafia members and like hitmen from the mob to to assassinate Fidel Castro. This is a fucking (laughs) CIA, man. They're scummy as shit. They did everything. It's fantastic. But yeah, it's... I, I eat this shit up. Yeah, it, I, I found out today, because I was just going to do a story on the Jewish mafia. I had no idea the fucking National Crime Syndicate existed. <laughs> I had no idea the Murder, Inc. existed. That's like, that's cool. so cool. That's fucking That's awesome. like another level of organization. Yeah. So if you get bored, just look up, like, Lucky Luciano mm-hmm. on Wikipedia and just start clicking links. Oh, <laughs> you will read for so hours. so much. It's true. <clears throat> All right, what you got on Patreon? <coughs> um, what? Well, no, don't look do at me that? like that, because I had a cough. God. Jesus. Um, so, of course, we've got the board. You guys are making almost all the decisions around here. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Mini D, Nordic Thunder, and Toddle Waddle. Appreciate it, guys. Um, yeah, seriously. Thank you. You're gonna. I saw somebody's gonna get their next piece of merch soon. Uh, somebody did. I got a picture oh, of a uh, of a mug this morning. I didn't get a of picture them. of a mug. I don't think that they have you on Snapchat. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> oh, I thought it was somebody else. Okay. Um, you should get shit like every four. Yeah, I think months. it's every three months. Three months. Every three months for the first year. A month. Not four things a month. Or four things a year. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. For the first year. Um, and then of course we've got Abby, AJ's third nut, Haley, Thomas, Dark Runner, D's nuts, and Lara Revo. Thank you guys so much Appreciate for supporting it. us and all that stuff. It's patreon.com forward slash points of pressure if you're interested. We do need to do their exclusive episode for this month. Coming out soon. Yeah, we got time. Yeah, it's it just comes out. So one full length episode every month. Yep. We've got a backlog of sloppy seconds, which are just a bunch of short episodes that we just shit out. <laughs> Yeah, it was just kind of like bullshit. Yeah, we've got some, the a studio tour. Yeah. We got some a tootsie reveal. Yeah, that's on that right. studio. I forgot about that reveal or on that studio tour. Um, then your voices. All, the, all our little projects. Your voices. 
Promote uh, it for fuck's no, sake. No, I haven't put out a new episode yet. Who cares? It's fine. I mean, you promoted Sloppy like Seconds four. and we haven't put out a. Yeah, but we have episode like 20 for, episodes of those. It's fine. Uh, AJ is currently working on and won't give himself credit for doing. Not until uh, I have a bunch more. A thing called Voices, where he breaks down uh, old Holocaust survivors' interviews. For some reason, he doesn't hype himself up about it. I also put out a video on there that showed the impact of the war on children because I See, found a song of two children who survived. Uh, it was them singing right as they were basically the day they were liberated from one of the concentration camps. They were singing yeah. the Treblinka work song. I don't think I put that down. But uh, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. He doesn't he doesn't toot his own horn. Well, it's, but it's not it's, done yet. It's You've got stuff on there. There's so like three things. Check out check out his voices stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean it's only like four twenty a month. Turn up four twenty. Treat yourself. I think the six six six. You get like a sticker. I think I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, as usual, if you guys ever have any show ideas or recommendations for like movies, books, music, fucking articles whatever you can find if you just want somebody to talk to by all means reach out to us on instagram or twitter at points of pressure um and send this to all your fucking friends and uh leave a review yeah uh, we'll, like subscribe. yeah and we'll catch you guys recommend. next monday yeah we'll see you then oh i, I just talked and wait for the microphone all right fine all right bye